Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones, and I am so excited to bring this next guest on. Man, this guy in my book is probably the most controversial researcher out there. And I mean, if you have a show and this guy comes on your show, you're probably going to get banned or kicked off of something. And I am just so excited to talk to this guy and to introduce you listeners to this amazing, amazing person. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Corey Hughes. How is it going, my brother? Good. You know, I got to say, I kind of fucking hate the reputation that I've created for myself. Um, I've already painted myself into a corner and I'm just getting started, which is kind of hilarious. Well, you know what? It, they can try to put baby in the corner all they want, but everybody <laughs> is hearing you. You're you're getting your shit out there. Um uh, people are talking about you. People in this movement are talking about you, and that's all you need, man. That is an or organic movement. That sounds nice. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like trapped in my own little bubble, and so I don't really, I don't really get a lot of feedback outside of my little clique. Um, I have a, a, I have a little clique, maybe a dozen guys in it, and like outside of that, I hear nothing. Like oh. zip. So I will, I will let you know, brother, that you are the talk of the town and, and it is an honor to have you on my show. So you are kind of known for um, questioning and then looking into alternative history and what happened in Germany regarding the Holocaust. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of questions about that because I've read some things that maybe Hitler wasn't who... Um, he's been painted to be in the mainstream media and um it's kind of it's kind of odd that the most evil person painted in the media like trump um they're saying killed all these people and i read some of his writings and it's kind of the opposite of what they say about him so right. uh where would you like to start uh on this topic, like what, what do you tell people first to ease them into this? Well, um, let's, uh, come at this from a, from a different angle. Um, in your own words, tell me what is going on in society today? What is happening to us? You know, what is the underlying theme of all of your shows and i'm sure everything i do and what is what is going on right the there's, a, there's a huge massive 
psychohypnosis going on right. and people are being MK Ultra to the highest degree. Okay. Why? Well, because we are pushing towards what they want as a one world government so that they can have total totalitarian control over everyone. And basically that's it in a nutshell. And okay. people are falling for it. And who's doing this to us? Well, I would say that it is um, mostly uh, Jesuits and high-ranking uh, Jews. Okay, so am I wrong? Well, you're in the right. You're in the right direction, uh, from what I can tell. And people will try to argue this, uh, and they're it ends up becoming a chicken and egg scenario. But the the Jesuits and the Freemasons and all that stuff are intentional distractions um to you know they get you looking to the left while the culprits to the right are doing what they do right so right. i mean but I, I mean that's not even touching on like bloodlines and like no. huge families like the collins and uh people behind the scenes you know everybody wants to talk about the rockefellers and people like that but like it's the names that you don't hear right i'm gonna tell you that i don't think anybody any of us Anybody I know who's, and I know some of the, what I consider to be the best historians on the planet. Um, I don't think that anybody really gets um, the, how this structure really works. Um, the, the people at the top are seemingly slaves to their own ideologies and mentalities and seeming traditions um and so uh you mean as far as they're like occultic uh beliefs right. correct and... okay so let me explain that like when it comes to the occult stuff for my whole life that i've been interested in in you know governmental conspiracies spies like i like the tangible i've always like I don't believe I'm an, I'm mostly an atheist I, I don't buy into any of the organized religions and I always kind of figured that the people at the top who run the show, they cannot be so fucking ridiculous as to believe some ancient nonsense that is written in some books that, you know, were written by people who didn't know why the sun came up in the morning. Right. So I'm like, there's no way that the smartest people who run the world can buy into this weird shit. And it was years into my I was fuck years into my research. Um, you know, I was probably two years into my Kennedy research, like five or six years into my historical research when it hit me like square in the face that, holy shit, these people are intimately connected with occultic practices. They truly believe this stuff. Right. And they it's used on some levels to control and manipulate other people and for the you know, and then for the people who don't get on board with whatever the agenda is, that's where people like Jeffrey Epstein come in and that whole network, right? To get people on board who aren't who, who are not otherwise able to be gotten on board, right? So, oh, uh, you mean but, like through through blackmail and shit, right? Exactly. So, um, but when I started to understand the occultic connection to the Kennedy assassination, it was like un unfucking believable, like. I'm curious uh, what you uncovered there, because I've uh, spoken um, 
Well, I was supposed to have Roger Stone on my show, and he broke down who and why Kennedy was killed. And he's an idiot. That guy's a moron. Um, <laughs> well, he has a fucking tattoo of Nixon on his back. So what is that? That just made my case. Um, so uh, I will debate anybody in the world on Kennedy. These people who say they understand Kennedy assassination, they don't know the first thing about it. Like nothing at all. Roger Stone doesn't know shit about it. He wrote a book about it. This is what I hate. How many books out there are written on Kennedy that are called like case closed or like, you know, the final investigation or like solved the Kennedy assassination and nobody solved right. the fucking thing, right? No. Everybody <laughs> believes Roger Stone because he's supposedly an insider who like knew what was going on, right? And he says that every conspiracy about Kennedy's assassination is true. That that it was so, the CIA, that it was mafia, that it was um uh what what was the vice president's name at the time? Uh Lyndon Johnson. He, he, he puts Lyndon the blame Johnson. on Lyndon Johnson, which to me is tells me straight up that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, awesome. I would love to hear your side of this. So here's the deal. Immediately, you have to understand who was actually behind the assassination, and it was the conglomerate of the Israelis, the CIA, and the and the mafia, right? And I don't mean, and not even just the American mafia. Um, the 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 the, the lengths to which these this organization and it's really one organization when you're talking about the every, Mossad, every organization you just mentioned is all Catholic. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> well, the Mossad are all Jews. Um, so well, that's a whole nother conversation. Mossad, yes, yes. But I, I was going to say that like the, the mob, the Irish mob, the uh, Italian mob, all of those people hide behind the cloak of Catholicism. Well, the Italian mob, nobody really understands the Italian mob. The The idea that the Sicilians, when you're talking about the mob, everyone, and you say the Italians ran the mob, really what they mean is the Sicilian Italians, right? When they're talking the Sicilians, they're talking like Al Capone and like all those guys. But the reality is that post-1931, Jews controlled the mob in America. Um, Meyer Lansky was the boss of all bosses of all time. And in 1931, he put out the hit on Joe Masseria and Salvatore Maranzano, who were the top two Sicilian bosses. Uh, Salvatore Maranzano had been the head of the American mafia from 1921 to 1931, right? He was considered the first boss of all bosses. Well, um, Meyer Lansky put out the hit and he was taken out by Lucky Luciano, Albert Anastasia, Lepke Buckalter, and I always forget the fourth one. But for Jewish mobsters, right? Like the the history books like to forget that guys like um, all the guys I just mentioned, uh, Bugsy Siegel, Mickey Cohen, all those guys were Jews. They were the most powerful guys in the mob, and they were Jews, right? Jews ran the mob from 1931 all the way until Meyer Lansky went on the run in the 1970s, when in the 70s it fell back to the control of the five families in New York. That's pretty much how it went. Uh, Meyer Lansky went on the run. He tried to get a visa to hide out in Israel. They wouldn't give it to him, but they gave him a travel permit. So he was able to uh, hide out from American authorities because the so gig was up. Much, how much control do these Jewish families have on American politics today? Oh, they can, they've controlled America since, 19, since the 1930s, since before Hitler even came to power, which is part of the story that no one ever hears. Um, now, was Hitler placed uh, like no. Joe Biden was or no? No, no. no way. So, 
that's all propaganda to make you think that he was a Rockefeller plant or whatever. And the right, thing is, like, like people say, say that, that his grandpa or his father was a Rockefeller and his mom was the maid of. Right. I know the story. And there's a big gray area there. Like nobody knows who the father is. But the speculation is that since he was in that, since the mother was working in the household, that she was knocked up by a Rockefeller. That's the speculation. But here's the thing. Like when you really come to understand the problem in Germany in the 1920s leading up to the rise of Hitler in 33, when you come to understand what the real fucking problem was, it doesn't even matter if Hitler had a, a Jewish father or any of that. That doesn't matter. It becomes completely irrelevant because his gripe was with the undermining of the culture uh, intentional undermining of the culture by Jewish forces or what he interpreted as Jewish forces, which he wasn't incorrect because he was talking about, he was, he was basically Hitler's war was against two fundamental forces, Zionism, which was born in 1897 stemmed from Theodor Herzl. Um, is, and Trump the, is a Zionist. Is he not? We'll get to Trump in a minute. Okay. So, um, so you have the Zionists on one end, right? Which are the allies. Make no mistake about it. By the time we entered the war, America was conquered by the Zionists, period. Like 1933, they had Henry Morgenthau uh, read the, the Morgenthau plan, what he wanted to do to Germany after the fucking war. Involved like sterilizing the entire country and murdering like a million fucking people. Like disgusting, hor horrific shit, right? Uh, this was because of like Jews are white people. And they can infiltrate wherever the fuck they want because they look like us, right? They're white people when it's convenient. And then they're a fucking, uh, you know, marginalized class when it's convenient. So that's how they're able to take. And over you the can never West. crucify them ever. You can right. never talk bad about a Jewish person. Right. Right. And so uh, ultimately uh, the Supreme Court was compromised. The, the Henry Morgenthau was the secretary of the treasury. He was compromised. Half of Congress was fucking compromised by the time, uh, you know, by the time Hitler came to power at all. Um, his understanding of Zionism and how the world was going um, is what created him in the first place, right? Like if it wasn't for the overt attempt to conquer the world by the Zionists, which began with the infiltration of the West, um, which I would say was ultimately, by the end of World War II was complete. It wasn't complete by the time the World War started. It wasn't even complete by the time Hitler came to power in '33. I just want to make it clear that we're not talking about your everyday Jewish person that you know that lives next door to you or that you hang out with and smoke weed with. Like, no, I'm talking about like these are upper, 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 like Zionist is something way different. It's an ideology that was a Jewish ideology, but that is carried by many who are not, are not even Jewish. Right. So that's where like that's where things like the neocons people talk about neocons. Uh, like the neocons were in power during Bush, right? Like they right. were not, they were not fucking Republicans. Let's get this straight. They no, ran no, as Republicans. No, it was, it was all part of the fucking, the, the, I call it the Clinton gang. Well, they were, they're all neocons. They were not, they were not Republicans in as far as I would consider even Trump or modern day Republicans different something, or even pre Bush Republicans, something different. Neocons are straight up American Zionists. That is it. They were, that's the way like over the centuries, um, let's just say um, Jewish power structures have had an amazing uh, technique of recruitment by creating external organizations to bring the 
Goyim into their cause, like the Freemasons. Every Freemason lodge in America was founded by a Jew. Period. You just brought up a so, very, very important word, and that is the Goyim. Can you please tell us what the Goyim is? It's a non-Jew, but it's ridiculous because the word Jew means from, from the land of Judah. And none of the people that we're talking about, the modern Ashkenazi Jew, they're not from the land of Judah either. Period. It's fucking ridiculous. Right. Um, it's the biggest fucking hoax that's ever been pulled on humanity to get us to believe that a bunch of white people are descendant from black people from just a couple thousand <laughs> years ago. It's so dumb. <laughs> I, I just can't believe anybody buys it or believes their bullshit. Well, I mean, we originally came from a fish, right? So, I mean, that's possible. Absolutely. That we Not in 5,000 <laughs> years. I'll tell you that much. If you'd said, so, if you'd said maybe 10 million years, I'd be like, I'll think about it. But 5,000 years. No, uh, we know the movements and migrations of people and tribes for the last fucking 10 15,000 years right so it's like not even a question there were right. no fucking white people in fucking africa yeah, 5,000 years ago up, you keep bringing up stuff and i can go off on other tangents because you're like native because like native americans like how do we even know that exists but i do they're not from they're not native like i saw a thing recently that they have absolute proof of tools used here in america from like twenty thousand years ago right like totally oh, yeah. predating any movements of the fucking Native Columbus Americans. fucking discovered America when we were already we already had people here how does that work you can't discover yeah. something that's already fucking inhabited right it doesn't right. work that way so uh but you said something very important that I want to get back to well, there's actually even evidence just the last thing I'll say on there's even evidence that the Egyptians were fucking here like and the ancient, ancient Egyptian, Egyptians, the ones who actually built the Sphinx and stuff, that's like 30, 40,000 years ago. Have uh, you lived into Tartaria at all? A little bit. It's on the outskirts, but I got too much to do to be distracted by, by things like that. I fucking hope someone figures that shit out because I'm really I'm fascinated by it. But I, again, I hate it when I see stuff that has potential to be real and life-changing uh, being fucking pushed by stereotypical tinfoil fucking hat guys you know what i mean like well i will say that it, I, my buddy matt from the great deception podcast he's doing a great job in deciphering what is really going on with tartaria and the mud floods and the hidden history and he's using really great discernment and he is pushing aside what's not good and what is good and so if you want to know anything about that i would suggest listening to the great divide or the well, great deception podcast he, i'll he check did, it out he, there are just some ideas that like um the fucking columbus got here and there was already buildings that looked like the fucking uh capital built here and shit like stuff like that is ridiculous because there would be a record and the indians would have a record of it there'd be some kind of record predating everything you know just some of the concepts i hear people put forward uh, are ridiculous when the truth of the matter is probably very real there's probably some level of cover-up going on but one thing i find especially with cover-up is that the what i call the official conspiracy theory um gets you to look to the left while the real conspiracy theory is to the right right Absolutely. like so in yeah. fucking kennedy there's this big fucking story about lee harvey oswald was seen drinking a coke 90 seconds after the assassination on the second floor lunchroom do you under do you know that story no, I didn't hear this. This is great. You don't know this story? Okay. See, I just assume everybody well, I know knows that Lee story, Harvey Oswald so. is just a total patsy. So, like, I, I have... Well, here's that. the deal. Like, after the assassination, the official story says that Lee Harvey Oswald was seen in the fucking lunchroom of the second floor of the book depository that he worked at, allegedly, um, 
and that uh, his boss was with a cop and they saw him and they let him go because he worked in the building, right? Like, so that story puts Lee Harvey Oswald on the second floor 90 seconds after. However, that opens up debate to could Lee Harvey Oswald have made it down the stairs in 90 seconds after killing the president, right? So you get the people tied up debating an issue that when you find out the truth becomes utterly fucking irrelevant, right? right, uh, right. When you find out the truth and you come to realize that that entire story about Oswald is a fiction that never happened and that it was fabricated to cover up what really did happen and what really did happen had nothing to do with Lee Harvey Oswald, but it involved the police officer who encountered him and the fact that he made an arrest in Dealey Plaza that took upwards of six or seven minutes, right? Uh, so they've created a story that Oswald was in the fucking second room, lunchroom, drinking a Coke 90 seconds after when, and they got people debating on whether Oswald could go up or down the stairs in that amount of time when the real story was that incident never happened and that it was created to cover for the fact that an arrest happened that they needed to cover up, right? So the entire debate becomes fucking perpendicular to the truth and irrelevant, right? So Which is what every I, fucking topic. Exactly. Every fucking topic. Exactly. So I tend to avoid anything, getting into anything, because that's where every debate now, is. Now they're showing videos where it looks like the driver could have possibly fucking shot him. No, just re don't ignore that shit. That is, that is CIA propaganda, and it came from a fucking film. Okay, there was a film that came out called um, was it Kennedy to 9-11, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick. This is the most promoted propaganda film I've ever seen in the history of propaganda films, short of stuff Billy Wilder did back in World War II. This goddamn film is chocked full of good information that has nothing to do with the Kennedy assassination. It talks about George Bush, and it talks about Harriman, and it talks about Dulles's uh, banker contacts, and it talks about everything you're supposed to think the Kennedy assassination was about and fucking wasn't, right? Uh, and so... That is that's where the bullshit like about the storm drain and like just the most ridiculous propaganda that people still spread to this day came from that film. Um, I wish I knew who created it, but you can't find who created it because it was created by the fucking CIA under aliases of nobody who the fuck knows who. Speaking um, of the CIA, Corey, is it is it possible that the whole Kennedy assassination was in fact to implant the CIA uh, into government to control? all of people affiliated with an, an elected office. No, no, you could, they could argue that had been done already. I would but say that wouldn't yeah. be a scare tactic right there. Like, um, so it's much larger than that. Um, Johnson was groomed from the time he had first taken office a decade before that guy never won an election ever. Right. He was groomed by the Israelis, funded by the Israelis. Um, his yes men that surrounded him were CIA. And here's the fucking problem. When everybody says the CIA killed Kennedy, I just want to fucking like, I, I just can't stop shaking my fucking head. Well, that's awesome because that's why you're here, because who, we need to get the truth out. Who the fuck does the CIA work for? I have no fucking idea. Right. I would assume that they work for the Jesuits. Why? Okay. Why do you keep saying Jesuits? 
I, I'm sorry. I just uh, because that's the, that's the go to word that I use. But, you know, like I would assume. Well, the Jesuits were like a very specific like um, part of like Catholicism and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. But uh, um, there are that's a smokescreen um, all in the whenever you talk about the Jesuits or Freemasons or any what any one of a dozen of these groups, they're all uh, fundamentally smokescreens because post World War Two. Can I go back earlier? Yeah. Post World War Two. Um, by the time Israel came about in forty eight, okay, um, they ran the show, right? So prior to Israel, how did we get a fucking Israel in the first place? Because a bunch of rich international Jews who were associated with organizations like B'nai B'rith and fucking the Jewish Agency and uh, the Jewish Appeal, United Jewish Fund. Wait a minute, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to stop you. Israel is talked about in the Bible. Right. This is a different thing. It's a totally different thing. It's okay. the land of Israel and the state of Israel. Two concepts that have nothing to do with each other. Let's make that straight. Because the original fucking Israel was not in Palestine where it is today. When they talk about the original, the original land of Israel and they talk about the land of Palestine, that is not where Palestine was. All evidence in the world points to the fact that the original land of the Israelites was in northern Ethiopia and that these people were black as fuck. OK, um, th this is the largest case of cultural appropriation the world has ever seen. But now they're making the white man the the, the worst. Yeah, they make the accusation of cultural appropriation all the time from, you know, it's always do as I say, not as I do. It drives you up a fucking wall. But um, but yeah, can so, we backtrack? Because you said something that was really important and then you didn't uh, go into it. And that was what was the state of Germany when Hitler took reign? Right. And I think you were going to tie that into the state of America right now. 100%. 100%. Germany and its culture were intentionally being undermined by God. Zionist forces who were actually funding communist forces uh, in the form of the Frankfurt Institute and a bunch of other little Jewish ideological organizations. So um, what you have is at the end of World War One, which World War One, I'm not, I haven't even gotten to World War One yet. Um, I haven't even gotten to the majority of World War Two yet, just the Holocaust portion. Um, although I'm very knowledgeable on World War Two in general, like I, I'm gonna once I get done with this Kennedy book, I'm gonna become the goddamn world expert on World War Two. Trust me when I tell you that. Uh, and that's gonna be my second book. Everything we're talking about right now. That's awesome. So, my my grandfather stormed the beaches of, of Normandy and asked me never to join the military. See, I feel so bad for our fucking um, our, our men who went to war in World War II because they were just used. He was like, used and he knew he was used, used and he knew that he was lied to and he had to witness people hiding under dead bodies because they were scared. And when we went and saw um, Saving Private Ryan, we went to the movie theaters together and he left during the opening scene and we went outside and we were like, are you OK? And and he was like, I could smell the blood. I can't I can't watch this movie. Uh, the real story of World War Two is not what anyone's ever been told. Um, it was Germany had to go. Destruction of the Ottoman Empire to pave the way for the rise of the state of Israel uh, was like paramount. Um, it was 
part of their fucking weird like prophecy or biblical shit. I, I don't even know. At some point, I'll get to the Bible. Like, eventually. I think they're trying to force prophecy, is what it is. You're a hundred. That is it. You just nailed it because when you look at how they constructed the Holocaust story after the war. I'm still trying to work out somewhat of a timeline because the Holocaust stories, uh, it's wild. Like you don't have anything at all up until mid 42. And then in mid 42, you start to get articles in the New York times and the big publications fed to them by the OSS who was creating these stories, um, that, uh, millions of Jews were in peril uh, two million Jews had already been killed in Czechoslovakia. A million were killed in Poland. Like these stories started to come out with zero specifics, right? And so you always know when you study the, the the propagation of rumor, you really come to get a grip on like you can tell what's bullshit and what's not by right. what they say and what they don't say, right? By what right. The, what information do they leave out? You can tell what they're what direction they're trying to shape a narrative. So, but when you look at the fucking when you look at all the news stories between like, let's say this is a early 42 and like late 44, two and a half year period. And you add up all the fucking atrocities. It was like a hundred million fucking Jews got killed. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I definitely know that people did get killed because I've broke bread. I, I was dating uh, this girl for five years and her dad uh, fled Germany mm -hmm. and witnessed his mother and father shot in their head in right. front of the face. Sure. So I know that it definitely shit went down. Shit went down for sure. But shit didn't go down the way that we're told shit went down. Correct. Correct. Um, so now let me just say this, like nothing justifies the level of violence that we saw. Um, and this is where you start running into absolute conundrums. What do you do when you genuinely find that a small percentage of the population is intentionally trying to undermine the culture for the rest of ever for the rest of everyone else? What do you do? How the fuck do you deal with that? You know, how do you point it out and fix it? How do you solve that problem? How do you preserve your culture when you have a very small minority telling you to your face that they just want to be accepted and everything's cool. Um, but uh, behind your back, they're intentionally plotting against you. Right. Which is exactly what the fuck is happening. That sounds very familiar. I was just going to say, like, mm -hmm. is, are you familiar with Maoism? Um, a little bit. Um, I haven't really studied communism as a whole. Uh, so, so in Maoism, uh, basically what he did is he made people forcibly become transgender and totally tried to blur the lines between uh, what a man and a woman is and then put everybody in this hypnotic state of not being able to speak freely and whatnot. And I really feel like we're being pushed this transgender movement. Thing. Well, this stuff all came from the Talmud. Like the transgender shit all came from the Talmud. There were eight genders in the Talmud. Um, eight, so. eight fucking genders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where all this comes from. When you look at who's funding these fucking organizations, it all comes back to the Aspen Institute, um, which is funded mostly by the U.S. government, who was run by who? So well, let's see. Let's go back through all who the fuck ran our government for the last couple of presidents. Going back through Clinton, you had upwards of 45 to 50 Jews in every administration except for one. Can you take a guess which administration only had 15 Jews as opposed to 45 to 50? Uh. Man, is it Trump? Yes. 
It sure was. It is. So is he really an outsider? Is he somebody that was put in the spotlight, groomed for this and grew a conscience and actually wants to make a change? I don't know. I think he's a guy who was just, he's a guy who I think was, he he never intended on winning the first time. And nobody, nobody remembers that. No, no, no. When you go back and you listen to the interviews of people who worked with him, who got the campaign off the ground, every single goddamn one of them was in it, planning on it being a short term protest candidacy that got out of control. And that's exactly what happened. So no. And then he actually took it. So um, do you think that, devolution is a possibility i think that he had fucking as soon as he got up there and it was like holy shit this is a reality um the amount of pressure that got instantly put on that guy like was magnified by like a hundred times what it was before the amount of pulling on him from political sides of all kinds and this is where i believe he was on fucking oprah though i just don't this is where like the blackmail this is where the blackmail had to come out and this is where the israelis and what i like to refer to as the global jewish establishment because it's bigger than just israel israel is like more of a honestly a minor link in the chain when you compare them to the power of the organizations like the jewish agency um or the um you know the world zionist congress or uh, even APAC in America. I would say APAC, the lobbying organization, has far more pull than the fucking Israeli government itself. So all right, here's my question, though. Trump's kids all went to Jesuit schools. What, what, what is your feeling about that? I think this Jesuit thing is more of this Freemason bullshit. It's the recruiting mechanism ta- targeting Catholicism, right? That's their, that's their angle into the Catholics. So... <clears throat> They got an angle into everything, good, man. man. So they, got, they have an angle into everything. Man, I, I really feel like Q fucking psyoped the shit out of me. That was the fucking CIA, 100%. Or the Mossad. It was probably the Mossad. Because of this thing, we have a fucking throw mama from the train relationship with the with the Mossad. Um, but make no mistake about it. Uh, when push comes to shove, they get their way. 100% of the time, perfect example of that was Stuxnet. Uh, are you familiar with Stuxnet? No, what is this? Oh, shit. Oh my God! You got you need to go watch this documentary on Stuxnet uh, called uh, Zero Day, and so um, they fucking created a the NSA using fucking a bunch of nerds uh, created the most complicated computer virus that the world has ever seen, designed specifically to self replicate and to infect uh, Iranian um, nuclear refining um so those cylinders they use right they have cylinders that have these oscillators inside and so they created this fucking computer virus it was the most deadly infectious computer virus in the history of mankind what were these cylinders doing is this like a cern type of thing that they were no they were refining uranium they are allowed to refine uranium because they have a fucking nuclear program to generate electricity let me get one thing clear about the fucking iranians they're not trying to build the bomb if they wanted to build the bomb they could have done it a long time ago well i don't even believe that we have a fucking nuclear bomb so well the reality is that everyone's fucking up in arms about this iranian nuclear deal because iran has to sell somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 percent or they they have to burn 40 percent of their own oil that they fucking mine out that they get out of the ground Okay, if they can get their country fully on nuclear energy, it frees up that oil and that will tank the fucking market. And the cunts who run the oil industry, OPEC and the American fucking energy companies can never let that happen. So anytime you hear them say Iran's trying to get a nuclear bomb, it's fucking bullshit fake news. The reality is if fucking Iran could get their country on full full nuclear power, 
across the country, all that fucking oil that they burn hits the market and there goes your fucking $4 gasoline. It's now worth 75 cents. That's a fucking reality. And we we know that Russia and uh, China both are pulling out of the American dollar right now. Yeah, yeah we're done. We're done as an empire. Like, And now we're going to go to war to try to save it. It's uh, not going to happen. It's, and it, fuck us, dude. Like we, we deserve this. Our government has been corrupt since. Well, my thing is that we, we live America in the most ended, evil fucking country there is. America ended with Kennedy, plain and simple. Like uh, they, there was a coup. It was uh, a coup that was in, that was basically uh, headed up by the Israelis using the CIA and their mafia contacts. They've all been buddies since the '40s. The mafia, the CIA, and the goddamn uh, Israelis are all fucking one organization. And they probably still work to this day, except the mob is kind of irrelevant. Today. And they, and are they a part of the cabal? Are like what is the that is the cabal? That everybody talks that is about? the cabal. That is the cabal. That's it. And yep. whether we believe in <laughs> occultic, well, here's the thing, you have to shit or not, these people 100% believe in this occultic woo woo shit. Right, but not necessarily the intelligence guys. They're just the foot soldiers of these cabalic fucking people who actually do run the show. Because who runs the who runs the show? The people who control the money and who controls the money? The people who control the central banks and who runs the central banks? Well, I, I would wonder. Say that- Right, the the Steins, the Steinharts, the Coons, the Warburgs, the fucking Rothschilds, BlackRock is well. BlackRock is an instrument of the central bankers. Make no mistake about it. Larry Fink takes orders from somebody, and we don't know who that somebody is. So, but I guarantee you, he wears a little hat. Man, I'm I'm so curious too, and I know you don't dive into the flat Earth theory, but I believe that there is extra land out there. And that we're being, it's being hidden from us. And I honestly think that there's people out in these extra continents that are pulling strings. I really do. That's beyond my pay. That's above my pay grade. I understand, man. But uh, you know what? If you want to have fun, I really highly recommend. I just had him on my show. Uh, Sean Hibbler is a filmmaker and he just made this film called Level With Me. And he goes into free energy uh flat earth um i mean the depths of the ocean project blue beam uh it, just so much stuff it's it's such an incredible film and i highly recommend anybody watch it because you're going to have some questions after you watch it <clears throat> yeah but anyways I, so, I i stick to my expertise and that's about it no man i i know you and you bring receipts you like to you only deal in facts not speculation and that's what i love about you and your research so um let's get back to tying america and what america is going through right now and how does that have to do with what hitler uh basically adopted Right. So what we're doing is we're living through exactly what was going on in in Germany post World War One. You know, Germany was completely like just degraded and debased as a nation, humiliated. And uh, at the time, a lot of Jews started to flood into the area and set up shop, basically started to bring in their own culture to a culture that was traditionally an Aryan culture. Let's be real. I mean, it was a, it was an Aryan culture, whether it was defined that way or not. Um, and that was the native culture of the people of that land as far back as fucking history has recorded. Right. So there was an intrinsic right to these people to not have diversity, equity and inclusion. 
right? To that right. whole concept here in America, let's face it. That concept is out the fucking window in America. There's, I think the idea. Right, we're the like, melting pot here, but they right, like, we're fucked. beliefs in Germany. Right. Germany had every right to say, get the fuck out. If you're not white, get the fuck out. If you're not like us, get the fuck out. They had a right to preserve their culture. Um, the culture was under direct attack by Jews and communists because the Frankfurt Institute wasn't run by a Jew, although he was funded by Jews. Right. So in any way, communism, uh, Marx, Lenin, Stalin were all Jews. They all changed their name. Go research the origins of their original names. They were all crypto Jews. Right. So I'm sure. Um, of it. Yeah. There you have, again, the same situation. 3% of a population uh, overthrew, the, overthrew the czar, right? And fucking implemented communism under uh, Jewish control, which is ultimately the story of the Russian Revolution. Um, it's the same thing that's going on, that was attempted to go on in Germany, right? And it's going on today here in America. Plain and simple. It's the same people, the same playbook, um, the same tactics, uh, the same manipulation of psychology via the push for all the homosexual stuff. Which, so, I mean, here's the deal. Nobody should, nobody should go I to jail. To say it, go ahead. Are you comparing what Hitler had to inherit uh, to what Trump had to inherit? I'm not saying you're comparing I, here's the deal. Here's them the deal. as, um, as, it's, as it's people, very... but they both want to preserve their culture. Am I wrong? Well, um, let me let me finish this thought real quick so I can process this a little better. Um, so... The timing with Trump is a little weird because you have COVID, which was like a drastic acceleration of a plan, which is continuing right. to this day. Right? right. We call it the pandemic here on this show. Right. Right. So were these things in place and moving in this direction for years or decades prior to that? Yes. However, the sudden transition was fucking what was it march of uh, 2020 right basically when they declared a pandemic that was like the sharp right turn like bah, like as soon as it hit everything changed i remember right. my boss fucking pulling us all in and being like we're shutting down this sound this seems really bad i don't know what to expect and we shut down shop yeah it was it was ridiculous and here's the funny thing about COVID. And I did a like a three or four hour presentation on COVID, like in July of 2020, totally calling bullshit on all of it. I had solved this shit by then. I mean, COVID was created by Ralph Barrick in North Carolina in his lab. We have the proof of that now uh, from the emails exchanged with Dr. What was it? Dr. G or Dr. Wu. I always forget these fucking Chinese names, um, <laughs> but he fucking... There was, we, now we have the proof. <laughs> right now we have the proof that the fucking virus was made at his lab like i predicted and i predicted it because he's the number one fucking guy in coronaviruses in the world period um and he who had he been working with for a decade that now you can't find any record of well this the is israelis all very interesting fucking through beth israel research hospital an That's hour where, an hour before uh, I had you on my show. I was just on Rebunk News, and we were talking about terrain theory versus virus theory. Mm. And um, there has never been a virus that has ever been isolated. So I'm very uh, skeptical. Of I think people argue all. over the definition of isolated. Um, so let me tell you my experience and why I I'm not going to say sit here and tell you that everything in virology is 100% true, but I'll tell you this, number one, we don't have fucking bioweapons labs around the world spending billions of dollars for those guys to go twiddle their thumbs, 
they're True. doing they're doing something in those labs with some sort of microorganisms. You know that is a great so, fucking point. That's a great fucking point. Um, another thing is, I can tell you from my own experience, uh, both of my parents died from viral hepatitis. They were diagnosed in 1998. They were both dead in 2016. I watched them go through every predicted phase that it was that was demonstrated that the virus would progress through. And so the predictions matched my observations. Therefore, hypothesis was correct and that they obviously had hepatitis worked out. They know how that works. And I watched my parents go all through the steps of that. Let me tell you my experience with COVID-19. My fucking room, this is in March of 2020. Okay. So this, this is, is this is like uh, I think a year right into, a year this is, No, this is a, the this is like a week after they announced the fucking pandemic. I believe they announced it in 2019. No. Right? No. 2020 because they didn't even know they didn't know about uh, event 201 was October 2019. So, okay. Um okay. so it was March 2020 like it was just they just announced this shit. Now you tell tell me how this sounds. My fucking roommate, his dumbass, went to jail over like not paying a traffic ticket or some dumb shit. And he was in there for like three days. Okay. He gets out of fucking jail and his feet are so swollen, he can like barely put his shoes in there. And he said that at least two or three other guys in jail with him had the same thing that their feet were just swollen out of control. And like he was like freaked out by it. Okay. So they put uh, something in, so, in jail. Well, I told him, I was like, Eh, just, you know, whatever, you know, they told him it was athlete's foot. He's like, whatever. Within three or four days, my fucking feet were swollen, just like his. Okay. But that, that also kind of goes in. That lasted for fucking that lasted for six months. That lasted for six months. I lost all the hair on my legs below my knees, what? including on my fucking toes. It was like fucking bald. I got end stage wow. heart failure rashes on top of my feet. Holy shit. When bro. you study heart failure, you'll find heart failure patients, the, the blood vessels in their feet can't get any oxygen. So the blood vessels on top of the skin rupture. I had that on both of my feet and I had what they call COVID toes, where your toes are bright red. I had that shit for six months and then it went away like it never fucking happened. So during so that someone explained that. Did, so, you someone... Try, did you try hydroxychloroquine? Did you try ivermectin? No, nobody was. I don't even remember people talking about that at the time. That is so crazy that you went through that. Oh, oh, so that kind of changes so, my whole. I, I've talked to doctors. On... I've talked to doctors about that, and they're like, "That makes no sense." They're like, "The symptoms that you gave us are when people's hearts stop working and then they die, but you didn't die. You're fine." And I'm like, "Yes, I'm fine." And the hair grew back on my fucking legs. Um, the, the rashes and all that shit went away, and. I'm sitting here today wondering, do I have some kind of long-term damage to my heart that will become a problem a decade from now? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm telling you, this was- Unless I have a bone poking through and, my skin, and I, <laughs> but I'm curious to know if you have like a heart murmur now or something. I don't know. I feel fine. I haven't, I mean, I really, I feel great. I have, I, I genuinely fucking feel totally cool. Um, and you think that it was because he picked this up? I think that was COVID-19. Yep. And I think that it was released in the jails. Because I know they fucking did you know that what? shit. And they were releasing prisoners. Do you remember? Yes. They were releasing prisoners too. They released the COVID in the jails, then they released the prisoners, and there you go. So I totally believe that I did get something that was contagious because how the fuck did the guys inside the jail get swollen feet, then my roommate got swollen feet, and then I got swollen feet. And the swollen feet is because of the reduced circulation and your feet fill with fluid. That's basically what that's from. It's from the... Uh, and, and like I said, COVID-19 in the beginning... 
I don't know if I've ever met. No, I didn't mention those in this show, obviously. But this is my conclusion on COVID. It was a real bioweapon that they released into the public. And for the first couple months, when you look at the testimony of people who got COVID and survived between like October of 2019 and like April of 2020, the fucking stories they tell are horrific and they're 100% related to the heart and to the lungs specifically. So um, I haven't talked about this on my show before, but my old boss, her father died at the very beginning of this. And it was from the pandemic. And she was texting me because she knows that I have a conspiracy show. And she was like, Brad, like what, uh, what have you heard? Like, what can we give my dad? And uh, they gave him, uh, I think they gave him rem remdesivir. remdesivir. Yeah. The one, two punch. So I don't know why I don't see like, I mean, like to, to, for, to, for people to deny that this was a depopulation event is ridiculous at this point. I mean, remdesivir fuck like, come on, like they're fucking released this thing. It kills every, it kills a whole bunch of people. And then, Oh, but they faked the numbers. Okay. Let me get into how they fake the numbers real quick. Oh man. Lie with statistics. That's what fucking uh, Bill Gates had that book showing when he was talking about fucking COVID-19. When it first happened, he had a book in the background that said how to lie with right. if statistics. Why was right. That the cover of that book is hilarious. Um, so uh, basically what they did was, and this I discovered two and a half fucking years ago. I don't know why no one else has figured this fucking thing out yet. When you look at the original, um, genomes that were released to the gen bank right they ended up releasing three genomes the first one came out like january like i think it was like 15th or 16th the dates are relevant but it was in january and then within two or three days another genome number came out uh, that was listed in the gen bank which was meant to usurp the first one, right? It was an updated number to the to the original, and it was denominated with a 0.2, right? So it was the same gene, same GenBank number, and then 0.2. Okay. And this is standard. When you look into how GenBank works, that's exactly what they do. As they get new data, they update the genome and it then replaces the previous one and it's denominated with that decimal point. About a week later, they updated again. They came up with a new uh, genome um, and they denominated it with a 0.3. So you have three different genomes for SARS-CoV-2 um, and only the third one was denominate was named SARS-CoV-2. The original two were not. They were called Wuhan pneumonia virus one and two. Okay. So I, I went in and copy pasted the genome from all three of these and I threw them in a text analyzer and compared them line by line. The first two, like the genome 0.1 and 0.2, the number two that replaced the 0.1 were different, but they were like very close. They were like 95% the same. And it was only certain sections that had been updated. Okay. The 0.3 genome was 95% different than the previous two. It was not the same fucking virus at all. It was so a completely totally different genome. I've heard people say that these genomes were um, were generated by AI. Uh, well, I, no, that's not really that's not really correct. I'll get to that in a second. But um, but when you 
fast forward, that's in January, right? So we have three genomes. The first two are similar. The third one is different, very much different to where you, it's obviously a different fucking everything. It's not even close at all. Um, fast forward. And that third one is what replaced the second one, which is now the global official. This is SARS-CoV-2, the 0.3 genome. So that's the, that's the one that fucking Fauci is, uh, sir, sir, you do not know what you're talking about. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, but when you fast forward six months to July of 2020, um, the FDA and the CDC, when they put out their new guidance on the tests and the, P the PCR tests, right? Right. The PCR tests were designed. Let's, I'm not even going to get into the fact they don't. Well, work. no, we've so talked about, about that, that on the show. Like Robert Malone, the, the, uh, point you know, two, like the, the PCR test was designed to pick up anything that it wants right, to. Right. But that aside, the genome that was listed as the as the binder for the tests was the point two genome, not the point three that replaced it a week later. So they were intentionally using an outdated genome for all the tests, right? I guarantee you, boost the numbers. I fucking a. I guarantee you that what they were finding was the flu. They tested if the oh, tests worked at all. Absolutely, they I were mean, testing for the flu. Uh, uh, Sean Hibbler, the guy I was talking about that made the uh, podcast uh, level with me, he also made a podcast called Fluvid, uh, mm -hmm. which is basically pointing out that. It was just the flu. They just fucking used the flu as their example. And they obviously boosted the fucking numbers by like uh, <clears throat> reporting fucking motorcycle accidents as a fucking COVID death if right. they fucking tested positive. And of course they're going to test positive when you fucking crank the fucking meter way up on the PCR tests. Well, the funny thing was like um, I started to really take the COVID my see I got done with COVID. It's really disappointing. Like the, the level of cons the level of these conspirators is like so weak these days. Like Kennedy, that was like next level plotting. This COVID shit was like so weak. I I seriously thrown together like a fucking little kid, man. It was. It was I'm like, like it... I'm watching. I'm watching. Um. Uh. What is that show on Netflix? Uh. Fucking. Uh. It's the conspiracy cartoon on Netflix. Um, oh yeah. I don't. I know what you're talking about. Inside Job, it. man. And it's like it's so fucking. It's it's amateur. It's it was am so amateur. I was like debunking it in real time without doing research. Because it was funny because I had just finished up a couple of years of research on the Holocaust and psychological warfare because you can't understand the Holocaust without understanding psychological warfare. And so I had just finished really I had just made a documentary on it and I was wrapping up my research on that. And like I was I was into Kennedy and I was like unfucking believable. I was seeing patterns of propaganda that I had just gotten done studying. I'm like, you're shitting and me. You're I'm like, giving it to us right now. And it's not yeah. even fucking, you're not even hiding it very well. No. And I was like, I didn't even have to research nothing. And when I did start to research, it wasn't hard to find the shit on event 201 and Gates. And like, at first it was so obvious that it was like Klaus Schwab and fucking the world economic forum and event 201. It was so obvious to me that I'm like, nah, Man, this, somebody this sent me uh, Wait, somebody me... sent me a, a a headline today, and I didn't open it, but I saw the headline said that fucking um, uh, Bezos died. Is that true? I didn't see anything about that. Probably not. I didn't hear anything about it. Oh man, that would have um, been a great fucking. So one thing I need to emphasize, like a great thing for humanity, if he died. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but Klaus Schwab 
is not in charge of fucking anything. Okay. Let me no, make this clear. Man. He's a front he's man. He's a goddamn front man. Right. And he's a front man for people whose names we don't know. Right. People who are above the state level. I mean, and if you were going to make because... a James Bond character, like it's Klaus Schwab, bro. <laughs> right. Right. Um, with a background of being a Nazi and all this stuff. I mean, it's hilarious. It's like, um, but see, go back to um, 1939 Nuremberg. Um, Hitler gave a speech. It's come to be known as the rootless clique speech. And he basically says that this hatred amongst us is being, and then the divide amongst the people is being nurtured by very particular parties uh, who live in Brussels today and Berlin tomorrow, and then London and then New York, and then who have never had a homeland to which to call their own. And we know who he's talking about, right? Oh, it but is when... so crazy because when they show videos of Hitler, they never show the actual, um, the, uh, the text, you know, they don't, they don't decipher what he's saying. They just show him as a crazy rambling. <laughs> right. And they try to paint him as this crazy person. And I'm not sure whether or not I should be, uh, talking good about hitler but i've read so much shit lately that he was really trying to save <clears throat> they had to demonize him to the point that nobody ever researched what he ever said if you try to check his book out of a library if it's even in libraries anymore your name's going to get on an fbi watch list i mean the reality is that the situation that's going on today is the same situation that was going on in germany a hundred years ago and that hitler tried to save us all and that he was truly fighting Zionist and communist forces, which are both fundamentally Jewish forces. That's it. That's the story of World War II in a nutshell. <clears throat> Uh-oh. You're muted. You're muted. <clears throat> well, that was a brain fart right there. <laughs> so, dang it. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry, bro. I I, uh, <laughs> I had a little technical difficulty right there. But, um, so, have you read um, what is that uh, book? And I've never read it, but what is the book that he wrote? Mein Kampf? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's, it's really dry. You know, talks about him growing up, um, what his life was like, uh, going to school. Like, a lot of it is is dry. But when he gets into really, like, the nuts and bolts of national socialism, really, it's just an extreme nationalism. Really? That's all it is? It's an extreme nationalism? Like, we're we're Germans for Germany, and like you know we're proud of who we are and like did he kill fucking millions of jews no of course not it's ridiculous uh so you know here's the deal millions he was definitely responsible for the deaths of millions of people right so but the bottom line is uh if you want to talk about jews in particular i mean the reality is he killed somewhere between 800 well i don't want to say he killed um under under his watch 
uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 800,000 to a million Jews died in the concentration camp system of Europe. Okay. Okay. So I am not a Jehovah's Witness, but my my parents are. And they also say that Hitler killed Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he rounded up the, the gypsies, you know. Um, and the reality so is, he, like, he killed more he, gypsies. He did kill some people. He was not, he well, was not an innocent man. Well, it's not so much that he killed them. Oh, there were mass shootings and stuff. I mean, there were times, and especially if you get into, like, the concentration camps and part of the Operation Reinhardt camps, like Treblinka, Belchik, and Sobibor, when you get into those, uh, those were some pretty brutal fucking camps. See, what would happen is like, you'd get on a train and they'd send you to one of three places, uh, Belchik, Treblinka, or Sobibor. These were fundamentally, except for Sobibor. Sobibor was a mobile camp. Most people don't realize this. Like It was mobile because so they were- Those camps are not camps that we hear about. Like we hear about Auschwitz. And... Right, so, but these Operation Reinhardt camps- this is where, like, if there was some real killing, this is where they happened. So what happened was you get on a train and they would send you to one of these camps. And from there, they would process you, right? They, they would decide where you were going. Um, if you were fit and able to work uh, and could do, like, heavy manual labor, they would send you to a camp where they were doing heavy manual labor. If you were, you know, a woman, they might send you to a camp that made, you know, clothing or something, right? So they, they had those three camps, really two, Treblinka and Belchik. Because Sobibor um, was kind of an odd camp. It was a smaller mobile camp. Uh, but uh, these other two camps, they would get there and they would process you. And so if you got there and you were older and you couldn't work, they obviously would shoot you into a pit, right? Like that is reality. And so um, nobody knows the exact numbers, but if anybody was killed anywhere uh, in a brutal, cold manner, um it was definitely done at treblinka and the numbers there you know realistically people don't really understand how big these numbers are so like if you say a hundred thousand people you got to think that's like two football stadiums full of people right it's ridiculous numbers for a camp that could hold like ten thousand people you know so the numbers they try to sell on these camps are just absolutely ridiculous um but when it comes to these operation reinhardt camps we don't have any actual figures if i personally had to take a guess i'd say probably somewhere between two and three hundred thousand people died uh and when i say died i mean because out of the entire concentration camp system one in three people who stepped foot into a concentration camp died from typhus so uh when we're when we start to talk about the numbers of how many people died right you got to take into consideration that one in three people who stepped into a concentration camp died from typhus period. So um, out of the 800,000 or so, just Jews, let's just say just Jews, because a million, 1.25 million gypsies died in the concentration camp systems, you know, a couple hundred thousand uh, political prisoners died in the concentration camp system. And that was who was like made up the majority of the camps. The majority of the camps were not Jews. The majority of the camps were um, political prisoners. And then you had gypsies, which outnumbered the Jews in most places, but also it was like depending on where they were regionally. But on average, Jews made up between 30 to 35 percent of the population of the camps, period. OK, but if you listen to the Holocaust stories, they would have you believe that these camps were set up just to be fucking industrial killing machines. It's fucking ridiculous. The stories they tell you are so dumb. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, they, let's talk about the gas chambers, because that's what everybody really likes to talk about. The gas chambers are fakes. They were built after the war. Uh, it's admitted that they were built after the war. Um, in 1947, uh, the Russians and the Poles 
who were in charge of the Auschwitz camp, they decided to take the building that when they found was in the condition of a bomb shelter and had previously been a morgue. And then they constructed it into a gas chamber and they told people that it was in its original state. And this is where Hitler killed millions of Jews um, all the way up until around 1989 uh, when David Cole came out with his documentary on Auschwitz, where he interviewed the tour, the tour guide, and he interviewed the head of the museum, and he interviewed Franciszek Pieper, um, who was like the legendary Auschwitz fucking, um, you know, knows everything guy. Uh, and he interviewed him, and he got him to admit that the building was a fake, and it was reconstructed in 1947. Uh, furthermore, um, Hermar Rudolph, who is another investigator, uh, Holocaust revisionist, he ended up writing to the Holocaust Museum and he ended up getting the head of the Auschwitz Museum in the modern era um, to acknowledge that they have no documentation on uh, when the building was actually converted, why it was converted or who converted it. Um, but they did have documentation showing the supplies that was ordered when they did the reconstruction in 1947. So yes, we have a clear paper trail now indicating that the building presented as a gas chamber at Auschwitz is a complete fucking fake. And we know it's a fake because it had walls inside and the individual walls are a dead giveaway that the building used to be a morgue. Another giveaway is that it was built into the side of a hill, right? And so why is that important? Because if it's built into the side of a hill in fucking Oswegum, Poland, uh, it's in 19, you know, back in, uh, in October, November, December, January, it's going to be ice fucking cold and you need that to keep the bodies from stinking up the fucking building, right? So there were individual rooms for individual bodies. Well, I'm sure you could put a bunch of bodies in each one, but still it was done that way so as to prevent this odor, right? Um, plus we have the original blueprints of the building that they now say is a gas chamber. And it clearly indicates that there were multiple swivel doors throughout the building. And why is that important? Because in a morgue, when you're wheeling bodies through on carts, you're not going to have somebody come and open a door for you every time. You have to have swivel doors so you can push the body through into the next room. It was obviously a morgue from the fucking original blueprints. Um, after that, uh, it was converted into an air shelter once the morgue itself and the crematory operations were moved into Birkenau or Auschwitz II. Uh, Auschwitz to Birkenau is like uh, the most easily debunked ever. This is where they say the millions of people died. They're building at Birkenau uh, and it's complete bullshit. Um, the, we have photographs of the building throughout the war and there are no induction shafts, right? The induction shafts allegedly when they put them in the roof so that the Nazis uh, the, with the gas masks on could pop the lid, dump a, a, a canister of Zyklon B down into this shaft that had this kind of great, um, this hollowed out, um, hollowed out like uh, fenced material. Uh, and then within 20 minutes, it would kill everybody. Well, there's so many fucking problems with this story. Okay. Um, the bottom line is like uh, a Zyklon B doesn't work that way. Um, in Poland, nine, 10 months of the year, it's like 30 degrees. It never gets above like 60 degrees there. Um, and Zyklon B needs a heating mechanism and a blower to disperse the gas throughout the room. Kind of like how a modern day vape works, right? So a modern day vape heats up liquid, the liquid becomes gas and you inhale it. Um, back in 1942 to 1945, when you go into the gas, alleged gas chambers, 
you'll find that there was, and you have to go through the literature, you'll find no mention of any kind of heater blower mechanism. But when you go into the delousing facilities, which were absolutely mandatory in all the camps and necessary in order to preserve the life of the prisoners, you needed Zyklon B, which is why they ordered so much of it. So you could basically delouse the clothing uh, because lice was so rampant, everyone was fucking dying. We have dozens of pages of communications between Himmler and Rudolf Hirsch, who was the commandant at Auschwitz, where uh, where um, Himmler is like, what is going on there? Why the fuck is everybody dying? Um, we, we're, we're having to import more people to run the factories. Like, get your shit together. You know, so they oh, were so completely... it was kind of an accident. Yeah. Yes. They were. So it was. I, a... I'm, I'm going to say a name. And I want to know. I want to know what your thoughts are after I say this name, Warner von Braun. Oh, Warner von Braun. I think most of those stories are like blown out of proportion. Uh, I mean, he was he was the stories about him being a Nazi. Well, no, if you realize that none of the the Nazis didn't do any of the shit that they blamed on the Nazis, you know, um, where does that leave the stories about him? Right? Like Joe Rogan likes to tell that fucking story about how a Jew who was the slowest in the factory would hang, and that's bullshit. That's wartime propaganda. Like Joe Rogan should be fucking ashamed of himself for keeping telling that. Fucking well, that's story. why I started my fucking show is because Joe Rogan refuses to go fucking deep into shit because he's gatekeeping shit. And I don't think he's gatekeeping. I, I just think he's so. I just think he just doesn't know. He just doesn't. <clears throat> I think he's, he's not so there. Big that his family might be threatened, and so he doesn't go in deep into shit. If like, he goes too deep into certain I'm, shit, he'll I'm, lose the money. Exactly, and, and I. Feel so that's like as far as I put it with him. I don't is, put him. I don't put it in him as um. Anything beyond that, he's not. I think if the CIA could fucking oust him, uh, they wouldn't a heartbeat. He's definitely not a. He's definitely. I don't think he's a gatekeeper in the traditional sense. But you know, if you get up there and someone's offering you a hundred million dollars, to and you and you're like, hey, if I talk about this, I'll lose my hundred million dollars. I kind of understand that. Not that it's right, but I get it. You know. Right. I mean, but he has Eddie Bravo on, and he's like, Eddie, I'm not going to have you on my show anymore if you keep bringing up flat Earth. And I'm like. It's a it's a fucking legitimate debate. You should well, I think it's I think I, I think to Joe, it's just an annoyance. I think he dismisses it and it's an annoyance. And that's why he says that, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, well, like, shut Corey, the fuck up already with that stuff. You know, like, I think that's what he's saying to him when he does that, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Corey, I know your time is valuable, brother. And you told me that you didn't have much. So I, I am so blessed that you would even come on my show for an hour and talk about these things. I'm sure my listeners are going to have more questions than answers. And uh, mm -hmm. hopefully I can get you back on the show sometime and we can dive down some uh, rabbit holes. Sure. Um, if everybody um, would, I'm, I'm trying out this new video platform called Kick. And if everybody would go to kick.com slash Corey Hughes, I'll be broadcasting every day um i'm finishing up my book which you can pre-order now um buymeacoffee.com slash jfk book well when you pre-order the book you get four chapters right now and you get my notes uh all 630 pages of them so uh that's fucking 10 times more valuable than the book itself so uh yep uh if you guys could support me there that'd be fantastic or go to coreyhughes.org for all my info that is so awesome, brother. And if you send me those links, I will post them in the description below. So everybody scroll down, please give a five-star review and go follow Corey and everything that he does because he puts a lot of time in his research and he does not fuck around, man. It is black or white with him. It is receipt after receipt. If he can't verify it, it's not coming out. So uh, I, I highly suggest following everything he does. 
go check out whiterabbitpodcast.com for all your merch because I put out fire shit. You know your graphic designer got you. And um, yeah, man, Corey, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been an honor, honor to have you on. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Well, we are going to dip into high res. Everybody, please keep digging down those rabbit holes. I would never bend my knee to Satan. I would never sell myself for no paper. You can go ahead and call me a hater, but I'll go ahead and call you a traitor. Hey, Hollywood is getting canceled. I put God over financials. Just know that I never kill myself if they try to use me as a damn example. Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith. Satan coming for the damn kids. These rappers and singers are puppets. The second the label give them their advances, God is forgiven. We were all made in His image. That's why He told me to remix this. Every nation demoralization while we celebrating when people are sinning. Don't care if you trans. Nah, oh, you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do only fans I just can't stand all the lies of the media Pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry plans All of these fallacies that they preaching This way that there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and saying is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets, we're living in luxury All of our business will force close Allah Jehovah Hashem Yahweh, you can call him whatever you do, but worshiping Satan with the purpose of angering God, well that's just gonna make you a fool.